0: Welcome, everyone. This is Rusganzo Chronicles of the End Times. So glad to be with you today as we look at part three of the rise of the counterfeit church. So, what makes these threats to Christianity, to the true gospel, any different than anything that's happened in the past? We know that through the years, many, many times, the enemy has come after the true followers of Jesus Christ to pollute and destroy the message of the gospel. What makes this time in which we live different than any other time is the rise of the Babylonian church in Revelation chapter 17, a system that widely accepts every type of thought. There's been many attempts by the enemy to destroy the truth of the gospel, to water it down, to take away its power, to save and to cleanse and to heal. We know that that is the enemy's plan. Well, this brand that we're experiencing now is different in the way that is universal. So now we have a universal church rising up where there are no specific rules or necessarily any repentance that's really required, and that's where the danger is. For the Scripture tells us that without repentance, there's no remission of sin. So if we don't say we're sorry, and if we don't feel that heart of God, and we don't feel that pull— then how can we be saved and that is the issue all the free thinkers and all the things they have to say and all the additions and thoughts of men and women throughout the world are all welcome in this new universal church because the one who is behind it has designed it that way we see how satan tried to dilute and pervert and destroy the messianic line through the years but the lord had his way as he always does when christ was born He tried to have him killed. Now he's after those who follow him. The devil is sly and he is clever. He will never just show up with horns and a tail and all red and screaming. His way is deception, sly, and cunning. The plan is always the same, death and destruction. All we have to do is look back through history, even in the times of Noah and then in the time of Babylon. And what we see and what we're concentrating on today is the rise of this new religion which was birthed in Babylon and is prophesied to rise up in the day in which we live. Rebellion against God's Word. Rebellion against His authority. Rebellion against His love. Rebellion against the cross and its requirements. You might be listening to this and saying requirements of the cross. I didn't know there were any. I thought it was a free gift. And you would be right. The grace of God is an amazing gift, the best of all. But yet, there are some requirements. And that is that we would repent of our sin and turn to him so we can receive the gift. God can't force the gift on us. We have to come, repent of our sins, and turn to him. Then Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. He wants us to walk with him. He wants us to feel his heartbeat. He wants us to read his word because he said to the apostles, the words I've spoken to you have made you clean. And that's what we have to have, the daily washing of the word, which not only cleans our minds, but draws us close to Jesus. And that's what it's all about. Jesus is about fellowship. Jesus is about hanging with us and understand and walk in his love. That is where the victory is. While reading the Old Testament, we might wonder how God could wipe out some of these nations before Israel. Why did God banish all these countries for Israel's sake? We know that Israel wasn't pure. We know that they sinned before God, and they paid the price for it many times. But yet, the Lord removed these nations completely before them. Why was that? How could we justify that kind of thing? Well, the bottom line is these nations were serving demons, and some of them were so foul that they were offering their children up in sacrifice to these gods. So like everything God does, there are many facets to it, many of which we never get to understand because of his vast wisdom and his knowledge, and because he can read the hearts of men and women. So these nations were banished because of the demonic activity that was going on, in the same way that God wiped out those in the days of Noah. The nations were so polluted with sin. These were vile, terrible, violent times, and God wiped them out because of it. Let's take a look at the story of David and Goliath and look behind the scenes a little bit. David brought some food and some other things to his brothers, and he needed to give a report back to his father on how things were going. And when David looked out, he heard Goliath spewing out all this filth and challenging the armies of God, and challenging God himself. That was what it was really about. He was cursing God, and cursing them, and standing in arrogance, and rebellion against Israel. And David saw that. He realized that. He had slain the lion. He'd slain the bear. He had chased away the foxes, and everything else that was involved with him being a shepherd. He had seen what God can do. He had already experienced it. And he was appalled that this army could stand against the armies of God. David's relationship with the Lord was so pure and so close, he couldn't take it. And so that's why he challenged Goliath, and that's why he took Goliath down. That's why David could say to the Philistine, you come against me with the sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, And I will strike you down and cut off your head. David had great confidence that God was with him, that it wasn't just about this battle with this army, but it was about this Philistine and this army defiling God himself. And David's personal relationship with the Lord just inspired him, and he knew and he felt the Spirit of God upon him. So he was coming against Satan. He was coming against the darkness. That's what David saw. David was a spiritual man. He could see that. It was more than a physical thing. And that's where his confidence came from. So the enemy is behind the scenes in everything. And we just need to be able to see it because the war is just like Paul wrote it's a spiritual battle, it's a battle between God and the enemy. We see it played out in vivid fashion in the book of Revelation. The enemy is trying to tear down the gospel, trying to pollute it, trying to make it so it's not powerful, so it cannot save. So people will not fall down and repent and turn to Christ and get a brand new life and be healed and mended. He doesn't want that. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy me. That's his plan. There is no other plan other than to raise himself up. This rise of the counterfeit church goes deeper than you might think. Then you might believe or you might see. The enemy is behind it to destroy people. The sad part is people accept it because, oh, this is great. I don't really have to do anything. I don't have to feel bad about my lifestyle. I can do whatever I want and God is still gonna accept me and it's gonna be great. It's like utopia, this is wonderful, this new religion. And that's why it's gonna be accepted by millions and millions of people, billions, no doubt because it welcomes all types of thought, all types of ideas. It accepts it all. If we're honest with ourselves, we know why people turn away from God. We know why people are looking for a new religion. We look to the book of James. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted by his own evil sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Our own selfish desires that get us in trouble. We begin to entertain the flesh, and we say, there must be a way out of this. There must be a way that I can serve God and do what I want. This old way of perverting the truth of God and discrediting God came way back in the days of Babylon. And we see now here in the future, this religion is once again prominent Well, you only have to look to Revelation chapter 17 to understand the end game. So let's read a little bit of chapter 17. One of the seven angels with the seven bowls came to me and said, Come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits on the many waters. With her, the kings of the earth committed adultery, and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with the wine of her adulteries. Then the angel carried me away in the spirit into a desert. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names, and had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet, and was glittering with gold, precious stones, and pearls. She held a golden cup in her hand, filled with abominable things, and the filth of her adulteries. And this title was written on her forehead. Mystery Babylon the Great, the Mother of Prostitutes, and of the Abominations of the Earth. And I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints, and the blood of those who bore the testimony of jesus that is the enemy's game plan but what's ours ours is god's plan he told us that we must occupy until he comes and that's being like jesus we may talk about miracles and i love miracles i love the move of the spirit as much as anyone but the bottom line of all of it is how are we living are we living and loving like jesus that's what's going to win souls that's what's going to turn hearts Kindness and love, show and mercy. Remember, we have been given the gift of reconciliation. It is our privilege as disciples of Jesus Christ to extend that. And in the midst of all the hate and the craziness that's going on in our society today, we need to be the salt and light and share how God has touched our hearts and changed us and given us a new life. And just like the scripture says, we shall overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. In the next episode, we're going to look at how this counterfeit church, who to some seems perfectly harmless, falls even further and actually supports the Antichrist's rise to power. Tune in next week as we continue this discussion, the rise of the counterfeit church, because in the midst of it, there's the rise of the faithful church of God, the bride of Christ, and what God is going to do and the power of his spirit and how he's going to move all through this world before he takes us home. So tune in next time. This is Russ Scalzo for Chronicles of the End Times. Keep looking up. The King is coming.